Pastor Xavier Reese on following God's plan no matter the circumstance. The Chinese character for the word crisis has a twofold meaning danger and opportunity. And so is every crisis in my life danger if I don't listen to God, opportunity if I do. It all depends whether I do what God shows me and tells me or I take matters into my own hands. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. When God sends you on a trip, He quite often doesn't supply you with the complete directions, at least not at first. Today, in his further look into the life of David, Pastor Xavier explores the many facets of finding God's will for your life. Let's join him unpacking today's simple truths as he continues our character study series. The title of the message again is David. This is the third study. In our first study, we looked at David, the man, from three perspectives. The uh, shepherd tender, the minstrel player and armor bearer, and the giant slayer. Our second study focused on David, the man in exile, and by looking at the events that led to David's exile, they reveal three things. First, that God provided David with a loyal friend, Jonathan. Secondly, God protected David from his enemy, Saul. And then thirdly, God proclaimed the exile of David through his friend, Jonathan. Now, as we begin our third study... We want to continue looking at David the man in exile from two more perspectives. The first, the events of instruction during David's exile. The events of instruction during David's exile. Secondly, the events of compromise in David's exile. So the events of instruction and the events of compromise, both during his exile. We begin in chapter 21 of 1 Samuel. David has just been sent away by his friend Jonathan into exile. Having affirmed the covenant between himself and David, that they would be faithful to their descendants. They would not wipe them out. Now David comes here to the high priest Ahimelech. And David lies to Ahimelech, the priest, by telling him that he was on a secret mission for the king and asked him not to tell anyone and that he needed some provisions, bread. He says, Now David came to Nob to Ahimelech, the priest, and Ahimelech was afraid when he, went, when he met David and said to him, Why are you alone? And no one is with you. So David said to him, Ahimelech, the priest, the king has ordered me on some business and said to me, Do not let anyone know anything about the business on which I send you or what I have commanded you. And I have directed my young man to such and such a place. Now, therefore, what have you on hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand or whatever can be found. David is fleeing for his life. He's in exile. Hearing this lie, Ahimelech told David in verses 4 through 6 that the only thing he had was the holy bread. And if the men had not had sexual relationships for at least three days, then they could have it. 
Such being the case, they partook of that bread. It's interesting because Jesus pointed to the fact of David partaking of the bread. <laughs> so often we can get so bound up on what is holy and what is set apart. Whenever there is human need, then that becomes a priority. Always. And such is the case here. But we don't want to forget that there was a lie that went along with the story. Now, in verse 7, Doeg and Edomite, the herdsman of Saul, was present at the time and he saw David. Now, he hated David. David then asked in verse 8 and 9 for a weapon. And the only one present was a sword of Goliath, which he had taken from him and cut his head off. It's interesting, David is fleeing, thinking of himself. He comes to this place, he lies to the priest. There's this doeg, which means dog, and that's what he is. Just happens to be there. And David is sort of oblivious to it, or at least he's aware of it, he tells us later on. But he doesn't pay much attention to it. David will learn that his actions and words would affect people's lives forever because of this event. What a lesson for us. Where we go, what we do, how we do it, how our words and actions will affect people then and for all their lives perhaps. Notice secondly in verses 10 through 14, David fled to Achish, the king of Gath, who was his enemy in an attempt to flee from Saul. Isn't it amazing some of the dumb things we will do out of fear that we wouldn't do out of common sense, thinking through? <laughs> Why would you run to your enemies? Particularly when God has told you that you're the next king. I'm always amazed at what people will do as Christians, knowing what God has promised, because they are moved and pressured by the circumstance situation, or the threats, or the words of people. Now notice in verses 12 through 13, David being identified and hearing the words of the men, how he had killed his ten thousands. He was gripped with fear and began to act like a madman by scratching on the door of the gate and allowing saliva to run down his beard. David's a resourceful young man, isn't he? He knew he was in trouble. Have you ever been in a place like that where you just, you know, you, you've made a wrong decision. You, you, you're, you're where you shouldn't be. And then you have to kind of act like a jackass or like a fool to get out of it. It's not nice to eat crow, is it? <laughs> Achish the king in verses 14 and 15. As if he needed a madman in his presence and did not give David a second thought. Now, it worked. But look what it cost him. <laughs> a king's fully persuaded he, he's, he's a lunatic. See, David had to learn... That when he made decisions on his own, they could put him in dangerous predicaments. Whenever we start making decisions on our own, apart from God, because of fear, because of we think we're wise, you know, we will put ourselves in dangerous predicaments. And, and we may even pull off a David and scratch the door and slobber all over ourselves and get away. The next time we may scratch the door, get splinters under our fingernails, and then as we slobber, we start running, we slip on our own saliva. We never know. Now notice thirdly, when you get to chapter 22, verses 1 through 5, David prepared for the, his exile. 
David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Abdullah. So when his brother and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was distressed, everyone who was dead, everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them. And there were about 400 men with him. So David escaped to the cave of Dulam where his brothers, his fathers, his household, 400 men came to him. All of them in debt, discontent, fugitives, if you will. A rat pack. And so David secured a safe place. He, now he has his army. Verses 3 and 4. He secured a safe place for his parents with the king of Moab until he knew what God would do for him. Isn't it interesting that he's making decisions on his own and yet he's depending upon God? I love the Bible. You know why? Because I see myself so much in it. These are not perfect men. These are men who fail drastically. But these are also men and women who shine gloriously when they yielded to God. As you and I. Remember, David's great-grandmother was Ruth. Allowing him to realize this connection, the safety for his parents. In verse 5, David was warned by the prophet Gad to not remain in the stronghold. So he departed to the land of Judah into the forest of Herath. David was to know that if he listened to the voice of God, he would always be safe. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situation, if we will listen to the voice of God, we will be safe. If we don't, we will be in trouble. I've told you before that the Chinese character for the word crisis has a twofold meaning danger and opportunity. And so is every crisis in my life danger if I don't listen to God, opportunity if I do. It all depends whether I do what God shows me and tells me or I take matters into my own hands. Notice, fourthly, beginning verse 6 down to 23. David caused the death of the priest at Nob. You notice something related here? David had no idea what his actions and words were going to do to other people. Now, he didn't intend to, what we're going to read here, but it happened nevertheless. In verses 6 through 8, Saul reproved the Benjamites at Ramah for siding with David and accused them of conspiring against him and not feeling sorry for him. That's just like Saul, huh? Pouting. You know, there are so many men that are powders all their life. They never grow up. And that's how they get their way through life. Or women. And there's never that mature development in their life. Saul desired to have people feel sorry for him and to do things out of pity. Out of guilt, out of pressure. Rather than out of love and faithfulness. And so on verse 9 and 10, Saul's servant Doeg, the Edomite, told him about David's visiting Ahimelech, the priest. And that he had sought the Lord for David and given him provisions and the sword of Goliath. Well, this didn't go too well with Saul. Saul hated David. One of the things, when you hate somebody, when you hold bitterness or something, anybody else who joins themselves to the person that you dislike, they automatically become your enemies. Because automatically you conclude, well, 
How can they choose them? And we do some weird things with our brain. We think some weird thoughts when we're poisoned. When we're thinking only of ourselves. So Saul in verse 11 through 15 accused Ahimelech of conspiring with David. Which he denied and declared that he considered David as a faithful son-in-law. And was ignorant to all he was being charged with. Now you stop and think. You're a Himalek. You don't know what's going on. David is an upright man. He fights the wars of the kings. He comes in. He says, I'm on a secret mission. You know, I'm on reconnaissance. And I can't tell nobody. And well, So you just take it at face value. And all of a sudden, here comes the king. And he's accusing you of conspiring against you. And you're saying, well, wait a minute. I thought David was your son-in-law. You know, and here you are, a total innocent person. How often there is an innocent party that is destroyed because of the lie of someone else, because of the plotting of someone else, because of the deception of someone else, because of the half-truths of someone else. And that life is destroyed. Verse 16 and 17, Saul declared to Ahimelech, You shall surely die in all your father's house, and then commanded one of the guards to execute the priest, but he would not. Verses 16 and 17. This man was to be considered wise. <laughs> No way. Saul then commanded Doeg, whose name means, as I told you, dog, in verses 18 and 19, to do so, and he killed 85 priests in the entire city of Nob, both men and women, children, nursing infants, oxen, donkeys, sheep, with the edge of the sword. Notice how vengeance doesn't want to get even. Vengeance wants to get a little more. Always. In the Old Testament, the scripture in Numbers says, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, so on and so forth. And people think that that's a command for retaliation and vengeance. No. It's a, a curving of your vengeance. In other words, if someone knocks a tooth out of yours, you can only knock one out, not two. He knocks your tooth out, you want to knock all his teeth out. It's really a curtailing of your vengeance. Verses 20 through 22, Abiathar, one of the sons of Ahimelech, escaped to David and told him all that had occurred, to which David remembered seeing Doeg that day and had a suspicion that he would give him away, and therefore David felt responsible for the death of all the priests, the men, the women, Children and the infants. Verses 20 to 22. Have you ever done that? You know, you look, you look at something, you say, eh, and then all of a sudden, somehow you go, oh, why didn't I? That's horrible. It's bad enough when it's a minor thing, and then you soon get over it. But when it's something so devastating as this, and we have to live with it. And so David, in verse 23, told him to abide with him, for he was marked as an enemy. Being in affiliation with David now. You see, David would have to live with some tragic consequences in his life due to his own doing. He would have to learn this, as each and every one of us do. That we have to live with some tragic consequences. No one is the exception. And equally, we have to realize that God's grace is sufficient. But we, we need to learn that to go through life with the least amount of consequences. 
so we don't make our life heavier than it should be. And what it boils down is to choices, personal choices, that we walk in wisdom, we walk in the light, that we're able to shun sin, we're able to say no to temptation, to solicitation, to invitation. Very important. Notice fifthly here, chapter 23, verse 1 through 13. David sought the Lord for direction. In verses 1 and 2, David heard that the Philistines were fighting against Keilah, robbing the threshing floor. So he inquired of the Lord if he should go up. And God said, yes. Now what a change. Now David's inquiring of the Lord a little more. So in verses 3 and 5, David's men were hesitant to go so close into the Philistine territory. So David sought the Lord again and God affirmed it again and delivered them. That's always good, you know, to confirm. Let the Lord confirm things. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean you're doubting. It doesn't mean you have a lack of faith. You want to make sure it's the Lord. And so in verses 6 and 8, David was then sought out by Abiathar with the ephod. And at the same time, Saul was told of David, so he pursued him and killed him. But see, God's already told David to go, right? So even though it appears dangerous, David's going to be okay, right? <laughs> because God's in it. There's the key. Verses 9 through 13, David, knowing that Saul was coming, he asked Abiathar to bring the ephod again. And once again, he sought the Lord and asked him two questions. Will Saul come down? To which God answered yes in verse 11. And then the men of Keilah, will, will they deliver me and to Saul? Will they deliver me to the men and to Saul? And God said, yes, verse 12. And he said, boy, that'd be great if God could answer me like that. He can. And we seek him. Now, I've never heard the voice of God audibly. But I, I've heard God's voice to tell me, yes, no. I've heard God's voice to rebuke me. I've heard God's voice to humble me. I know when God is talking to me. No one has to tell me. Notice in verse 13, Willingly and obedient, David left with his 600 men and Saul suspended the expedition. You see, God's in control, right? If we obey, though it looks dangerous, God's in control. Where if we lean to our own understanding, then we get in trouble. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will direct your path, the proverb says. You see, David was to learn to depend on the Lord more and more rather than on his own devices, which could bring tragic consequences in so many ways. We need to depend more and more on God. We've never gone this way. This is the first time we're going down this journey. I was never a teenager. I was only a teenager once, one time around. <laughs> I had never been married one time around. I had never been a parent one time around. <laughs> you get one shot at life. You better let the Lord lead you. Because you do not get a second round. It's one time around. Six, chapter 23. Verses 14 through 29. David had times of discouragement. This is great. This is reality. In verses 14 through 18, Saul pursued, uh, Saul's pursuit of David was relentless, and Jonathan came out to encourage David. This was the last time David ever saw Jonathan. The very last time. 
Here's his faithful friend that God had given to him. In verse 16, it says, Then Jonathan Saul's son arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened him, uh, his hand in God. I like that. He strengthened David's hand in God. Not in positive thinking, not in, in, in uh, motivational speaking, not in mind over matter. He strained his hand in God. That's important. Not some emotional pep talk, but with the facts of God's promises. And he said to him in verse 17, Do not fear, for the hand of, of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father, Saul, knows that. Both had made a covenant. Verse 18. Here it is again. Then in verses 19 through 23, the Siphites told Saul of David hiding in the stronghold in the woods, to which Saul blessed them. And sent them to search him out. <laughs> Notice Saul is always still acting spiritual, right? I am amazed. We're all going to be surprised when we get to heaven. Sometimes people just put on such a facade. Jesus exposed the Pharisees, the Sadducees. He called them hypocrites. I think of so many people who are doing the work of the Lord so deceitful. Who uh, present themselves as something that they're really not. And uh, God helped them. Saul's are not as uh, much the exception as I think we'd like to think. Verse 24 to 28, Saul went also. And he came close to encircling David when a messenger came to Saul and told him about the Philistines invading the land. And so... He left off pursuing David. There again, and you see God's hand. Now, you don't, it doesn't say God did this, but you know God's hand is there. It's like the book of Esther. You never find the name of God or God anywhere in there mentioned. But His hand is all over that book. It's the same thing with your life and mine. We, we don't see God, and yet we look back and we see God's hand upon our life. We walk by faith. We know He's there. We don't always see Him. We don't always hear Him at the time. But as we walk through and we look back, well, that was the Lord. Oh, we say, the Lord was good. Look what He did here. Boy, God's so faithful. He strengthened me. Boy, I almost fell. Boy, He was just he's there. And so in verse 29, David went up to En Gedi. And some of you have gone to Israel with us. Uh, it's down there by the Dead Sea on the west bank, off of it. Up in the mountains where there's waterfalls and hiding places. It's a beautiful place. You've got to do a little scaling up there. And so here now, David was to learn to remember the promises of God when discouragement came. There will be discouragement that will come upon your life as well as mine. And you've got to look to God. You've got to remember the promises of God. David said, Why art thou disquieted within me, O my soul? Hope thou in God. Sometimes nobody else around to encourage you. You've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. There are times of discouragements in life. Whether it be in your marriage, whether it be with your children, whether it be with your job, Whatever it may be, but you have to know that those times are there to be magnified by the enemy, and but they're also allowed by God sometimes for our testing. And then at other times, discouragement comes because of our own disobedience or foolishness. Either way, we have to turn to God. Pastor Xavier Reese and the importance of trusting the Lord. 
And you can hear this message again anytime online by simply selecting today's date at the radio listings link you'll find at calvarychapelpasadena.com. But be sure and join us for the next edition for the remainder of this study, David Part 3. Now, if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, you can pick up a copy of this message on CD for only $4. And make sure you pass on this study to a friend. Now, once again, the title to ask for is David Part 3, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for helping us by including the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us check on the impact of this ministry in your area. How can the battle be in your favor when it appears that you are at a loss? That's coming up on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Don't miss it. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com